Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. But Paul and Michelle are an amazing couple in our church. Look at these green boys flexing in the front row. Biceps are huge. Love it on the roids. Um, Paul and Michelle are an amazing couple in our church. We're very blessed to have them. They've been involved in so many different seasons of church life in the church across our state and our nation as well. And I pray this morning that you're blessed, you hear God's voice. And I pray that today, Paul, that God would minister to you as much as he ministers through you. So why don't we stand to our feet and honor the word of God and welcome Paulie up as he brings the word. Morning church, how you doing? Will you stand with me just for a moment? Just feel there's a bit of God business to be done before we start. Just want to get uh, China to sing a couple of choruses, uh, guys. Uh, I don't know, you might be able to instruct them which chorus it was or bring it up. And I'd just like to sing it through a couple of times because uh, I think God's, you know, God wants to touch people. God's in the business of uh, reconnecting you. Um, or connecting you for the first time if you've never reconnected uh, to God. And in the lyrics, it says, you know, I'll open myself again. And I just felt like there's people here and you've shut yourself off. You shut yourself off from God because of either a person, an incident, uh, because of an experience from a previous church. And I just want you to know God's for you. God wants to have a relationship with you and he doesn't want you to close down. It's the worst thing you can do for you and your relationship with God. So let's just sing that through a couple of times and let it minister to you. You know, open up. You said, the lyric says, I will open up again. So let's just sing that through China for a couple of things. And all I want is to live within your love Being done by who you are My desire is to know you deeper Lord, I will open up again Throw my fears into the wind I am desperate for a touch All I want is to live within your love Be undone by who you are My desire is to know you deeper and Lord, I will open up again, throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate for a touch of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Now, right across this auditorium, I just want you to close your eyes. I just want you to, if that's you, I just want to just be confirming that God is is for you and and that God is speaking to you if that's you today can I just get you to raise your hand I'd love to pray with you that you, you you're opening up to God again you're giving God another chance to come into your life you're giving God another chance to minister to you you're giving church another ch- uh, chance to to minister to you if that's you will you just um, raise your hand right now I just want to pray with you that's it hands all over this place thank you Lord don't be afraid to lift your hands. It's between you and God, not people. If you worry about people, just put your hand up. You know, you're opening yourself again to God. That's a song, it's a lyric that you're committed to, God, in your hand, in your heart. 
And uh, this morning, I just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for all those people across this auditorium that are opening up again. Lord God, I don't know what's happened in their life. I don't know what's happened in their Christianity. But I know that you are interested in them, Lord God. That they are valued to you, Lord God. And that they are meaningful, Lord God. And I pray that each person that raised their hand for this, Lord God, that this will be a new year, a fresh year, a time for you to minister to their life, Lord God. And that we will mark this time in history that it was where you gave them another chance and that chance they took on, Lord God, and fulfilled the purposes for their life in you, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's take a seat. That'd be great. Well, it's so good to be back up here and uh, unusual. Normally I'm doing politics or something, but uh, boy, it's nice just to be here for the right reason. That is just to talk about Jesus. How good is that? Rather than talking about governments and what's happening, um, I'd like to also give Pastor Benaira a thank you that that he's taken a chance to put me up here. I get a bit passionate sometimes, and uh, you know I'm I'm one of those people that um, I've got about a hundred things to say, and they're all in my head, and I'm trying to say one of them. So stick with me, will you? It's great to have you here. I've got lots of people that are invited this weekend, and you've come along. Thank you so much for just coming back home. Amen. And uh, you know, we're very excited. Michelle and I are very excited for numerous reasons. I mean, got some of my family here with the young, big guns. Uh, they're all in the gym, the whole three of them here, particularly in the, the gym, building up their guns. James has got names for both of his guns, but we'll, but we'll do, talk about that later if you want to know their names. Um, and uh, of course, uh, Michelle and I are very excited that uh, shortly Ben and Jay will be having our granddaughter. And uh, I'm still yet to decide if I'm going to be known as Popcorn, Popstar, or <laughs> Popsicle, or just simply Papa or Grandpa or something like that. But anyway, it's a good season, so we're very excited about that and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we were asked to speak this week uh, after Nat did so well last week. Uh, you, uh, who was here last week? Um, Pastor Nat spoke on intimacy and I was saying out to the prayer meeting this morning I couldn't think of a better person to speak on intimacy and I would love to speak on intimacy but I'm sure that Nat has a far more intimate relationship with God than I do uh, because he gets worship he's just an awesome worship uh, leader we are so blessed to have him and Karen lead our worship and uh, it's just so real you're so real aren't you Nat it's great and so so he spoke on uh, intimacy and uh, I got a choice this week to speak on one of uh, three topics, and one was intimacy, one was overflow, and one was, what was the other one? Can anyone remember? I know what it is. I'm asking you because you should have listened. And of course, uh, one was favour. And so I chose the easy one, um, talking about God's unmerited favour. So let's uh, start by welcoming everyone that's online. Uh, Please sit and, uh, you know, search your heart and allow God to minister this morning as we go through the Word. Let's pray. 
Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit who just brings revelation of his goodness to us. And Lord, we know your heart, Father, is that none shall perish, but all shall come to eternal life. And that's our heart, Lord God. We don't want to see our community perish. We want to see all of them enjoy a great relationship with you and fulfill all their God-given purposes, Lord God, not just for themselves and not just for their marriages, but also for their family and their children and their children's children and so on, Lord. So we thank you right now. We ask your Holy Spirit to minister, uh, Lord, not because of the words I'm saying, but you will just um, reach people with what they need to hear from you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. Well, God's unmerited favor. Turn to someone saying, God's unmerited favor. Okay, well, let's start by going to Ephesians 1, verses 11 to 14. Got your Bibles with you? Good. It's important you know his word, learn his word, read his word. It says uh, in Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, it says, In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of who? Him, God, who works out everything in conformity with the purposes of whose will? God's will. And in order that we, who are uh, the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of whose glory? His glory. Not yours, not your father, not your mother's, not your brother's, not your sister's. Whose glory are you here for? God's glory in Jesus' name. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the messages of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked. Everyone say marked. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Isn't that awesome? What a great promise. You who respond to God, he has marked you. He has got a promise for you. He has gone out working for you. And it's all to bring glory not to you. It's to bring glory to him. Amen. And so when you are working for his purposes, when you find his purposes in your life and you're out working his purposes in, his, in your life, you get, guess what? You get fulfilled. Because you are finally doing what you're created to do, who you're designed to be. You will never be satisfied. Serving life outside God. He made you. He knew you. He knitted you into your mother's womb. Praise God. My granddaughter has been knitted in there. And we're looking forward to her arrival and fulfilling God's destiny for her life. So church, you were marked. You were stamped. You were, dare I say it, tattooed. <gasps> My son got a tattoo recently, didn't you, mate? It's a great tattoo. Ask him to have a look at it later. A big rat on his leg. <laughs> He'll tell you the story. But you were marked by God for the things of God, for the purpose of God. Not to run away and live a, you know, outside God. I mean, can you live outside God? Yes. But is it a better life to live in God, in the purposes of God? Absolutely. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You'd be out there trying to live life like you previously did, without God. It wasn't much fun, really, was it? Actually, it becomes quite exhausting. And people start to look into different things to say, well, why am I created? What are my purposes in life? There's lots of books written about how to achieve purpose. But I'll tell you one thing, you'll get most satisfied finding God's purpose in your life. 
So if you're a believer here today, you've been marked by the Holy Spirit and you are under God's grace. How good's that? You are marked by the Holy Spirit and under God's grace. So what is grace? Well, the word spells out, actually, I'm just remembering this now, how they said what grace means. Well, G-R-A-C-E means God's riches at Christ's expense. What's what grace is? Christ went to the cross, paid a price for your sin, and now you're redeemed. And we no longer get to perish and go to that terrible place called hell. Because we've been redeemed. Now, we don't talk about hell much these days, but we've been redeemed because God was good enough to send his one and only son to die on the cross that we don't know, no longer have to pay that price. Are you excited, church? You ought to be. Who wants to spend their eternity in hell? I don't. <laughs> anyway, another way of saying grace is the unmerited favor of God, his undeserved kindness. How good's that? His undeserved kindness that he shows through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. You know, faith is simply trusting in the promises of God's grace for your life and his promise of salvation of Jesus Christ for you. How good's that? God's promise, son, for your uh, salvation. So we, we're all undeserved. We don't deserve anything. But God still sent his son to die on the cross, saying, to me, you're worth everything. Amen? So for the law of Moses was given, uh, sorry, for the law was given through Moses, but grace, the unearned, the unearned, the undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. So it cost you nothing. Cost you nothing. But it cost the father everything. His one and only son he got out, put him down on earth, hung him on a tree for our sin. Yeah, yeah. How good is God? Yeah. And when you're having a little whinge that life is taking a little turn, can I remind you to go back and think of the price that was paid for you to be free, the price for you to go and, and live in heaven eventually with the living Lord. He gave up his one and only son to die on the cross at Calvary so we would be saved. Praise God, eh? And God has promised us in Hebrews 13.5 that he will never leave us or forsake us. You know, people say to me, oh, God left me because I did this. God left me because I, you know, this happened in my life. God doesn't leave you. God's hand is over everyone. We leave God. We move away from under the hand. Amen? It's not good. And we're wondering why things are not turning out. We're wondering why life's taking turns. I mean, all life still happens under God's hand. But we've got a great saviour there. We've got a person, a man, a, 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 you know, we've got God, the creator, to walk with us through those challenges. But outside God, you're alone. You've got to trust in people. You've got to trust, you know, people trust in drugs, alcohol, you know, addictions, take them out because they've got no one to trust, they think. But there is a gracious, loving God waiting for them to come home and sit under his care. So when you're a believer, we sit under God's care. You know, when you've got God's favour over your life, you ought to enjoy life. Doesn't mean things are going to go all right. 
Trust me, it doesn't mean your marriage is going to be perfect, does it, honey? I'm the imperfect one. She's perfect. <laughs> doesn't matter what you're doing. God is with us and for us. Now, God's unmerited favor can be over an individual, a family, a nation, or even over generations. So let's look at uh, uh, Habakkuk, um, who found this to be true, even though he did not recognize it at the time. So I want to talk about Habakkuk a moment, okay? Because Habakkuk was like the, uh, the eighth of about 12 minor prophets and major prophets in the Old Testament. Amen? You're looking at me with smiles. And, oh, it's up there. Great. That's good. And uh, Habakkuk, I can't even read it down. I have to read it up here. It's good. Um, so <laughs> Before I get that scripture, I've got to read this. Hey, um, so God um, uses Habakkuk and comes down to see him. Uh, Habakkuk is in a season when Israel and particularly uh, are going offline. You know, they're losing what God's goodness had been done, to, uh, God's goodness to their, their nation. And they, so they're starting to get all caught up in the things of the world. Things like injustice, uh, corruption was rife, slavery was terrible. You know, the pe people just keep people in slavery and treat them like uh, animals, and it was just wrong. Uh, there was, you know, there was uh, idolatry and power and pride, and th this is the people of God in this. Okay, we're not talking about the Babylonians yet. This is God's people losing their way. They, they've got a good God, a loving God that wants to take them on into the promised land and bless their lives. Poor old uh, Habakkuk, he's there and he's going, what's happening? Where are you? Why don't you do something? The people are ignoring your ways. And God goes, well, actually, I've got a plan. I'm going to bring in the Babylonians. And I'm going to straighten it all out. It's the Babylonians, you're going to get the Babylonians. They're worse than us. That's what it's going to take to iron this out. And so God uses Habakkuk uh, to do this. And there's only three chapters in Habakkuk. And Habakkuk's, two of them is Habakkuk talking God. The third one is Hab, uh, God comes and ministers. And finally Habakkuk gets this. He goes, God, it's your problem. It's your answer, your solution. And I'm going to trust you. And even though things look like they're going wrong, guess what, God? I know you've got this. You've got my back. Does anyone feel like that? Does anyone feel life's like that? It's crashing, it's burning, the finance. I can tell you, I've just had the ride of my life for the last two years. I was having a great journey in politics. I was, uh, you know, there was some rough batches in that, but it was all good. But two years ago, not only did I not get elected in, I had health scare problems, uh, which, you know, created financial challenges. Everything's gone wrong. But I've learned one thing as a man following God. God is good. All the time, all the time, God is good. And I might go to my grave as a pauper. I might go full of diseases. But I get to go, pass on, and come out in all God's glory. And none of that will come with me. Amen? And that's the promise of salvation. Why would you not want to follow God? Poor old Habakkuk, he wants this for his people. And they're going off the rail. They're, starting to, they're living like the world. And so it became very hard to distinguish God's chosen people from the world. And that should never be the way it is. It seemed that Habakkuk 
uh, thought they were all getting away with it. And Habakkuk was frustrated, thinking, why doesn't God act? Why doesn't he strike them down? Why doesn't he just kill them? Why doesn't he bring a lightning bolt? Because if he did it, he'd be doing it to you and I. Wouldn't he? We'd all be zapped on our bad days, our pre-salvation days. We'd all be zapped. So God is gracious. God's heart is, is, is wishes that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. Amen? So you see, church, sin seems pleasurable for a season, but eventually you pay for it. And the good, uh, good news, obviously, is Jesus takes it away if you'll repent from your sin and turn away. So for us, we have God's unmerited favour. And I want to encourage you, uh, like Pastor Nat said last week, you know, now beginning of the new year is a time to refocus, reframe, reset yourself, devote yourself to God for 2021 in serving Jesus, yeah. not serving self. Yeah. We, we serve ourselves too many times that we've got to literally make a decision to serve Jesus. We need to be keeping what's important at the forefront of our weekly planning. Amen? Yeah. Weekly planning, daily planning. Where's God? Where is he? And if he's not on your radar, can I suggest you adjust your dial to make sure God's getting the first fruits of your day, your week, your month, your year. And guess what? You'll probably have a better year. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, God was good. And God uh, talks to Habakkuk in... Uh, Chapter 2, verses 2 to 3, and he says to Habakkuk, he says, Hey, Habakkuk, I've got something for you. I want you to write it down. I want you to write this vision down. And so the Lord says to Habakkuk in verse 2 and verse 3, he says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Can I just say that to you? You know, God promises you it will not prove false. If you promised you, it may. <laughs> okay? You'll soon find out who promised it. Was it God or was it you? Because God's will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. So God told uh, Habakkuk to write his vision down so he could see. He could measure. Who, who does this? Who measures your, your year? Who writes down the promises of God? Have you written the, uh, the promises of God over your life down? If you haven't, can I encourage you to do it? Because how are you going to measure? You know, you can't measure something if you don't know what you're measuring. So write it down. Write what God's promises are. And tick them off and revisit them. Pray through them. That God would honour his word and make things right. That's what he told Habakkuk. That's what he's going to do. And that's what he did. So how will you measure what God's going to do in your life in 2021? Please write it down. Michelle and I uh, was writing some stuff down a couple of weeks ago when we wrote down 2020 stuff. And you know what? It's been, technically, it's been two worst years of my life. <laughs> However, when you write down and you follow and you track God's goodness, yeah. you see they weren't the worst two years. Yeah. God had you. Yeah. God was undergirding you. God was with you. Now, that doesn't mean all those things are gone. It means that we can rely on God to deliver us through them. Amen. If you're struggling, can I encourage you? Don't lose faith. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop going to home groups. Get in deeper. 
Okay, it might mean you work as hard. Sometimes, you know, when your life's broken, you can't work as hard. When you're fit, healthy, things are going right. God was with me for 16 years in politics and I ran and I enjoyed it and I had a great time. But what about the two years that I've been struggling? My health's been under fire and finances are struggling and, you know, just things are not coming to the thing. You look like you're going to lose your house. It looks like you're going to lose your car. Well, where's God? He's with us. And we've been able to walk through it together. And we've been able, you as a church has been fantastic with us. You've seen us come through it. Yeah, we're cheery. Why are we cheery? Because God delivers. My life is not wrapped up in succeeding this week, next week, the following month, the following year. My life is succeeded by Jesus Christ, who's going to deliver me from this life one day in eternity in Jesus' name. What a reward. We've just got to go through the ups and downs of this life. Hang in there. Stay at church. You know, last Sunday, Pastor Nat also encouraged us to start the year focusing on God and his purposes. He mentioned Colossians 3 2. It said, Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. And one of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 6 33, where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all else, and guess what? Live righteously, and he will give you some things you need. It doesn't say that. It says he will give you everything you need, not everything you do want. I mean, we're a want generation. I want, I want. Well, like the leech says, I want, I want. No, God will give you what you need, and if you're humble enough, you'll take that and work it out instead of going with the want. The want always lets us down. Who wanted something for Christmas and you didn't get it? Not, not me, but I was... <laughs> you know, God is good. It's not necessarily what you want. And further in Psalm 37.4, it says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Friends, let God steer your life and you will see it actually gets better. Okay, when you steer your own cars, sometimes you end up in a tree or off the side of the road. <laughs> anyway, my testimony, I wanted to just share with some of the, you know, some of the goodness because, you know, since I've sort of lived in God and explored uh, God for my life, I've seen his unmerited favour. Uh, we see in the scripture that God's unmerited favour is over the nation of Israel. And now I want to speak a little bit about how God's uh, been incredibly uh, good to me in these things with his unmerited favour. So we, what are we going to do? I think, um, I think we're going to show you some pictures. You okay with some pictures? Yes. You know, being in politics is very stressful, but it can be very rewarding for different reasons. And you do get to meet a lot of different people and you get to see a lot of different things. And so I want to show you a couple of things. You with me? Okay, I'm going to show you a couple of things. Only five, six things. But uh, I want to just talk uh, just about God's goodness. So I'm not gloating. I'm just saying how good life is when you follow God and you're in the purposes of God for your life. Okay? All of us got different calls. Amen? Mine was in politics. Okay, we're going to show you some pictures. Can we go some pictures? Oh, we... 
Here we are in New York, going up the middle of New York, and everyone had to part their ways because we were being escorted by the police. <laughs> so we're in that... Oh, just hold that one for a minute. So we're in the middle of New York. We went there, uh, I don't know if you know, we did a, a study tour with the parliament, and it was on um, um, human trafficking, which many of you would know that I brought in a bill to deal with that human trafficking, and one of the things that were with the uh, police, oh, the second thing we were studying was homelessness. So we got into New York, got in, the, uh, got in the hotel, and we had to quickly get in the car, and the guy goes, I'm really sorry, but the chief, we've got to get to this chief by a certain time because it's got appointments, and uh, we're not allowed to publicise this, <laughs> but uh, just came to me, but, uh, but we... Um, you know, we're hopping in the car and, and everyone, and he put on the siren. We're just going through the middle of the busiest city in the world. <laughs> How funny and good is God? Now, that might not flick your switch. I can see people not smiling, but how funny. Paul Green in the middle of an SUV going up the middle of New York with the siren on and everyone having to stop while we come through. <laughs> God has got a sense of humour. Anyway, we'll go to the next one. Oh, that's my mate. Uh, some of you might know him, Pat Cummings. Okay, just the leading world fast bowl at the moment. Uh, I got to bat with Pat on the SCG. <laughs> and uh, he lasted a little longer than I did. That's all I'll say there. Um, uh, oh, that's a bit dark. It's a bit dark there, but this guy, anyone know who that guy is? That is Nelson Mandela's grandson. And we were working on, uh, we were working on um, children, uh, trafficking of children and all, all things to do with those sorts of things. And uh, so I got to meet him. Uh, nice guy. Um, <laughs> next one. Oh, whoops. Oh, that's the twins. Sorry, honey. They must have got in there by accident. That's Susan and Michelle. Okay, we're going to go next one. So Joe and Eden, you might know that guy. That guy, what's his name? Hugh Jackman. So I was working with Hugh. Uh, me and Hugh are like that. <laughs> And uh, so I was, um, no, I worked with Hughes. Uh, um, he's got a, a common thing in um, uh, trafficking, yeah, uh, and adoption. Adoption, you know, is a big thing for them. They want to uh, have more children adopted. And him and his wife and uh, myself, I was using my power and influence in Parliament to drive the, uh, the ability for kids to be adopted by more families. It's so hard to get them adopted, it's incredible. So Hugh was good enough to give us a quick greeting and, and I told my kids about it and, and um, Joe and, and Eden said, can you get him to say hello? And so I managed to get him to say hello uh, to Joe and Eden and Merry Christmas to the Green family. So every Christmas I put that on <laughs> Facebook. But uh, if you're interested in what he's doing, it's called Adopt Change. Okay, have a look at it and support them. They do a great job, him and the guys, at Adopt Change. And it's all about trying to get kids adopted. Uh, any more? Oh, this one. Um, 
when we're on that human trafficking uh, um, travels, uh, the study tour that was um, studying uh, human trafficking, I ran into this guy. He happens to, happens to be the Texas mayor. And I got to pray for him. How good's that? So that's a shot of him. He was a really good guy. Any more? Oh. So this is, uh, this is the beginning when I first started politics. And this is my family right behind me, you know, standing up. You can see Emma and Eden, Mike and Joey. And you'll see this little one over here. This is Mike. And he didn't have one of my pictures, so he put up a picture of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't know how I won that election, but uh, that was good. And the next one. And, of course, <laughs> that's my beautiful family. God has been good. God has been good. God has been extremely good to us and our family. And we've had a, an amazing uh, journey. You know, God has shown us unmerited favour. We don't deserve it. Who's Paul Green? I'm just a sinner that one day surrendered my life to Jesus. And that's what he did with it. He took me places I would never dream. I had, I had, I had things in my heart to travel the world. I had things in my heart to heal people as a nurse. But he put me in a place that I could do it all, uh, do legislation to help people, help people, you know, reality as a politician, as a mayor, as a counsellor. It was an amazing journey. And there's just some of the things that I can show you this morning. I'm not trying to gloat. Everyone has a different journey, okay? I would have never thought that God would take this broken boy from a broken family, raise him up, Give him the opportunities that I've had. And I just want to encourage you. God's got a purpose for every life here. He can take you to New York. He can take you to the ends of the earth. All you've got to do is be willing, submit to him, follow his ways, be obedient. Okay, you've got to be obedient and repent for your sins. And he can take you anywhere across the world. Never did I think I'd be in the middle of New York going up there in a police escort with a siren on. My goodness, is there anything our good Lord cannot do? <laughs> uh, he's so big, isn't he? It's a laugh. If only my friends from high school could have seen it. Anyway, now coming back to Habakkuk, like his time, all of us are surrounded by evil, you know. The, the times are evil in many ways. We've seen stuff all over the planet that God is not pleased with. And I know that I've found myself to be trapped in a dark place, you know, in my life. And if they, were, they were because of my own making. They were choices I made, you know. God was good. I, you know, I was being downtrodden by my own poor choices and in a fallen world. And, you know, God raised me up. You know, we can be so thankful. God's got a purpose for your life. He's got a destiny for you. If he can take me to, um, sorry, to New York, <laughs> if he can take me all over the world, I haven't even told you about China yet and what we did in China. We did give the, <laughs> we, we did give the lead Buddhist, what's he called? The, not the, 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 uh, no, he's not the monk, that's the Dalai Lama, but the, the uh, Kung Fu leader, like the leader of the, Shaolin order. <laughs> I was trying to be faithful with God, but I gave him the book, The Purpose Driven Life. He's a leader of 33 million Buddhists. You know, you just got to be faithful. Isn't that funny? Like how ignorant and like innocent is that? But what we thought, we get one shot at this. 
We gave him the purpose-driven life. Imagine if he read it or got it interpreted and, and came to Christ and then took his, you know, started sharing God's goodness with all that order. You know, we're, we're all freedom of religion, okay. But imagine if that happened. So we just felt to be diligent with that. Anyway, the book of Habakkuk reminds us that there is no place too dark, friends. No place too dark. There is no wall too thick. Please hear this. There is no, too, uh, no wall too thick for God's grace and favour to penetrate in a powerful way in your life. I was, he took a little boy from Wingham and took him across the planet, gave him the balance of power in New South Wales Parliament, allow us to write the Modern Slavery uh, uh, Act, which is the first one in Australia. How did he do that? Well, one way he did it was I came to him humbly and said, I'm sorry, I've messed up, take my life. And that's where he took me. Imagine where he can take you. You don't have to do something big. Man, everyone has a purpose. And that's my testimony. God forgave me. He restored me. Normally hurt people hurt people. Did you hear that? I had every excuse to be another hurt person and hurt more people in my future. People do that because they haven't received God. I was healed. And I become a healed person that healed people through Jesus Christ. And you can too. Don't let your hurt guide your life. Let God pick you up, restore you, and then go out and heal other people. In Romans 8, 28, it says, we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, no matter what the plan of the enemy. We get attacked. There is an enemy. There is a dark side that's trying to take us out. But God is with us. Now, we've got the pots. Yep. You ready for an illustration? You okay? I'm just preaching it. It's just coming. Hey, so, you know, uh, talking about the enemy, has anyone had the enemy attack your gardening skills? <laughs> I have. I just never garden well. So, um, actually, it doesn't look that good today either. But, but uh, I want to just have an illustration about uh, gardening, you know. Um, actually, we got the photo for um, the fruits of our labour. There you go. We've got chooks that lay, we've got spinach, we've got pumpkins and everything. So for years, I just couldn't grow anything. And I want to encourage you, for anyone that's got a brown thumb, not a green thumb, although mine's meant to be green, <laughs> uh, there's hope. There's hope. And uh, so this year... Um, you know, uh, we've uh, been planting and it's been going well. But I was going to talk to you about, you know, the seedlings and, and fruit and, and, and uh, the growth rate of those things. So we've shown you the fruits, but as I said, that didn't come easy. Now, my plant is a little frazzled, but I just want to put these up. You see this? You know what this is, don't you? It's just a starter starter pack okay you put your seeds in there and uh that's that's a beetroot there <laughs> and then uh there, there's a bigger beetroot <laughs> it's not very healthy either it sort of needs some water maybe I'll give him a bit of water uh and then there's a bigger pot uh then there's a bigger pot and of course there's a bigger pot Okay, so I want to talk to you about that, about the plants, you know, uh, because some of us are root-bounded. 
okay? And I want to talk about, like, you know, pl plants, these plants, like, need the right timing to grow, don't they? You can't put winter crops in summer and summer and winter because they won't, they won't fruit, or they won't fruit as well. So right timing in harvest, okay? Uh, you've got the little beetroot there. You need the right uh, nutrients. You need water access. You need solar access. Uh, so you need to be intentional when you grow a garden, don't you? Well, the plants are all good, but what happens is... Um, wait, can we go to the next photo? Thanks, the... So you see all these plants? Do you know something about these plants? They're all in the right size pot. So let's go again. Uh, the next one. Uh, yep, next one. So see that? All different size plants, okay? That's what I need you to get. Next one. See that? That's a, that's a pineapple, okay? And uh, someone challenged me the other day. You say, well, I've got pineapples on it. It's because... Uh, they said, uh, you need to get the word pineapple in there. So, <laughs> so, so, so we got the word pineapple in there. And uh, so this is a picture of a, a root-bound pineapple. Isn't this incredible? So is, you know what's really tragic about this? This tree or this plant, this um, fruit will never be able to grow all it's got to be because it hasn't got the room to put its roots out. So that's root bound. Okay, next one. Look at that. Okay, that's the right plant in the right situation with the right nutrients fruiting. You with me? So it's no good planting the wrong plants in the wrong seasons. Okay. It might be, you, you might have enthusiasm. Who, who does that? You just plant everything, hoping something goes right. You don't care what, the, the Yates pack on the back, it's so small, the reed is like, who reads it? Just pour it in. Just pour water over and hope that God it comes up. But never did until this season because I read the instructions. And uh, it's really important, folks. You might be a new believer. You're a seedling. Your roots are not going to bound it in this. You might be growing up a bit more. You might be discipled after Jesus and there's a bit more growth and a bit more place for your roots. Gets better. And eventually you might, you know, fully discipled. Rather than being root bound, God intends you to sort of go, you know, in stages and grow in him. Amen? Like this is what he did to me in my life. He took me. I was a baby Christian. Then when I started to get ready to sprout a little bit more, someone helped me grow. And then I grew ready. I was ready for the next pot. And then I grew a bit more, I was discipled, and then I grew in the next pot. And then I was able to get in the, you know, another pot, and then I was ready to be planted again. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are here right now. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. The question is, what stage are you at? Because the stage after this, which I can't bring in a big enough pot, because there's no forklifter out there, but the stage, the scripture talks about us being planted by a stream. You get so right in God and so healthy in God, you need a stream. You need to be planted by a stream. No longer limited by root-bounded pots because that's what happened to that pineapple. It's root-bounded uh, by a pot. So I took my challenge really serious. <laughs> Pineapples the theme that's what comes from a good life 
following the, the guidelines, being in the right soil, the right water, positioned yourself to grow in God, you become fruitful. Yeah, who wants some of that? It smells good. <laughs> I better not do that. It could void our insurance, and Lord knows the youth probably done that already. <laughs> Having ran youth groups. <laughs> How no one got... Anyway... So good planting, the right season. See, all of us are different seasons in our life. And it's which pot you're going to be in. But you don't want to become root-bounded in 2021. Please don't sit where you are and don't think that God's going to do something and all you're going to do is sit there and sing um, zippity-doo-dah and God's going to grow you. You need to move to new soil, new nutrients, new size. You need to have capacity to grow. And then eventually... When you're fully discipled, your job is to go out and make more disciples. But at the same time, you're meant to be living in the stream, by the stream, feeding off the living water and growing others. The scripture says in Proverbs 11.28, says, A life devoted to things is simply a dead life, a stump. And Wayne Adler is not here. Is Wayne here today? Wayne and I took a stump out there the other month. It was stubborn. A stump. A life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. Don't do anything without thinking how it serves the purposes of God. Because it says here it's wasted. It doesn't matter how nice, how kind, how goodwill. It's wasted outside God. It's got to be done in Jesus' name. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. Amen? Psalm 1. Uh, one to three says that a person plant uh, a person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, yeah. uh, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Yeah. Do you hear that? So if you're being discipled in God and you're in the right stage, doesn't matter which pot you're in at the moment when you're growing in God, just make sure you're always moving to the next size so you can become all and flourish in what God's got for you. Whatever the purpose is over your life, what he's called you to do, whether you're going to work, flourish. Don't become root-bounded. Become root-bounded, you're not going to fruit as well or the fruit will be stunted. And Lord knows we don't want to be stunted uh, with our gifts and, and works for God. See, God follows those who are planted in him. God follows those who are planted in him. Friends, when you are marked by God and receive his unmerited favour, you will be poised to succeed in him. Now, I was going to tell you about my golf, but I'm not. <laughs> Other than say that I have a bad slice, but when it starts off, it starts straight, and it doesn't take long for it to curl, does it, Tom? <laughs> off things. Even with golf, you've just got to go back to the basics. You know, the last two years have been the hardest two years of our life, our Christian life, our lives, but God's been so faithful, and many of you know that and been encouraged uh, how we've gone, and we've been able to still... Stay, keep our head above the water and praise God. You know, when you get the basics right, it helps you align to God's purposes for your life. You can enjoy his favour, but sometimes it does feel like you don't have it. But you do. And although I have God's favour, I still need to listen to him. I still need to position myself. Uh, Habakkuk, in Habakkuk, he forgot 
about having God's favour. It just isn't for one day. God's favour is for a lifetime. It's for generations. You know, in Colossians 1.16, it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, everyone say all things, have been created through him. Have been created through him. All things in your ground. This will speak life to you. All things have been created through him. For him. So everything you do, do it unto the Lord. You know, there's a there's an ad on TV. And it's a boat, and I don't know if you've seen it. If you've seen it, there's like an Italian restaurant or something, and he comes and serves a couple, and uh, they're there and they're eating, and, and then the guy comes and speaks in Italian, and, the, and one of the, the couple can't understand what he said. He said, what did he say? And he says, um, he says, the boat isn't made to stay at the wharf. It's been created to sail. Church. We've been created by a living God for a purpose, to sail in the things of God. We've all got different things to do, there's no doubt. And some are really, really important in the eyes of the world and some are not. But all of them are important to God if He's created you to do it. You know, we need to be truthful about ourselves and we need, uh, you know, we need to know where things are up to in our life. And we need to understand things don't go well sometimes. It's been a hard two years, but I can tell you when we wrote down what God's done, God was so faithful. He was so faithful to us. Friends, you can rely on God. He is on your side. He's not against you. He is for you. God gives your life meaning, and this meaning allows for you to connect meaningfully with each other and the world around you. It always amazes me when people say they felt good after going to church. Has everyone ever done that? You've gone to church for a season, you felt really good, but then your life took you away again. But when you come back for that one service, you feel good again. There's just something in it. And of course you should feel good. It's meant to be different. It's meant to be where you are. It is how God created us to be in His house. Your spirit is designed to connect with God and His forgiveness and His peace. Now, church, I was going to read a scripture, but we're running out of time. But many of us found out, find ourselves going in and out of life's battles. In Psalm 18, we read about King David, and I'd encourage you to go home and read it, because I'm not going to read a whole lot now because I have time. But his enemies are attacking him. They're everywhere. And God, um, God shows King David great favour. When you look at this, you... Uh, you think about your life. You think about how good God's been with having other people who have shown you or looked after you, you know, pastored you or cared for you because they're Christians. There's a guy called uh, Mel Walker. He's a veteran youth pastor. And he writes, writes about these um, particular Psalm 18. And he says he describes the Psalm as a desperate prayer of the psalmist. I mean, David was under attack. He's been attacked by Saul. He's been attacked by enemy. All hell is breaking loose over his life. Has anyone had that happen? Just your health, your mortgage, your job, your recreation. Things are just falling flat. 
they're just not coming about. You know that you're not doing anything wrong. You're in God. You're, you're not, you know, you're not sinning. You, you've got it right, but it's still falling flat. David felt like that. And he describes this. And the psalmist writes it. And the walker says, notice the beginning of verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. The next several lines of the Psalm 18 indicate the conundrum in which he found himself. He writes about the pangs of death, the floods of ungodliness, and the snares of death, and even the sorrows of Sheol, or the grave. Doesn't it sometimes feel like life's literally like we're living it in hell sometimes? Like everything goes wrong. It's just not going... David is feeling this. He is writing this. And it says, It is no wonder that the author of this psalm, in which King David sang, is crying out to God, the pressures of life. It's too much. He describes here what was just too much for him to handle, as he thought. The next few verses in the song read among, uh, read almost like an incredible and supernatural movie. After hearing the frantic cry of the psalmist, God literally released the very resources of heaven in response. The reader can almost visualise the drama, display and spectacle of how God answered his cry for help. How good is that? Are you waiting for God? Are you expecting God? Are things not going right? God's on your side. He's, he's got it covered. Just cry out for help. He's got you covered. In verse 16 through the beginning of verse 19, we narrate God's amazing answer to his prayer. He delivered the author from his calamity of this situation and rescued him in the broad place of safety and security. <sighs> Things not going right? God's got this. Job's not working out? God's got this. Things are tough in your marriage? God's got it. But you have to turn to Him. You have to use His resources. But the most remarkable section of this entire song must be the last line of verse 19. He says, He delivered me because He delighted in me. God will deliver you because He delights in you. Friends, what a great refreshing verse. I'm not worthy. No, you're not. But through Christ, you are. You mean everything to God through His Son. He supplies us with His favour or grace, totally in His initiative. And only because of His love for us, that's exactly why verses like the familiar John 3.16, For so God loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever... I don't care, you've got warts and all, you've been a prisoner, you've, you've shot life, you've done unmentionable things. Whoever, he clued you in on the speech, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And he describes God's love as a gift. God loved us because it's in his character to love. He does it because he wants to not because he needs to. 
For example, it's probably a very nice custom to respond to someone when they sneeze by saying, God bless you. God bless you. (laughs) As mere mortals, we are desperate for God's blessing, but we're not deserving of it. That's why we must accept His gift of grace and favour through accepting Jesus Christ into our lives. His ways are better than your ways and they always will be. Submit to God. Submit to God, my friends, and your life will change if you apply yourself to Him. Church, in Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says in the NIV, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways. And I think, thank God. (laughs) If you know me, you wouldn't want me being God, would you? My thoughts and my ways. My goodness. Scripture says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says God. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now in Habakkuk, he forgot this until God showed him everything would be okay. And God turned that nation around and rescued them, even though they weren't worthy. And his promises for Israel are still there for the time to come. God is faithful, friends. He can and will deliver you if you'll ask. He cares about your need because he cares. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone, no one. You can think of the worst people in the world. He doesn't want even them to perish. He doesn't want one person to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. Friends, you can be included to God's family today. It's very simple. We say a prayer, and in a moment I'm going to do that. You can ask God to come into your life, and then we'll commit the, uh, the following to Him. And that's when your life will and can change. You'll be included on the Jesus amazing inheritance list and God's unmerited favour over your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you close your eyes? just going to pray. You know, we're at the beginning of the year. You know, we've, we might have had a tough couple of years like I have or, you know, you might have had tough marriage, tough family issues. You might have had tough workplace situations. School mightn't have been that good. You know, God is faithful. God can pick you up. God can take you forward. God can change your life. As we come into 2021, friends, I want to make an opportunity for you to respond to the God that I've been explaining through the sermon. He loves you. He's for you. He has made you with a purpose. And if you feel like, Paul, I've lost it. I can't feel anything. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm exhausted to some degree over the things over my life. Will you pray for me? My answer to you is, I'll pray with you. So today I want to invite you to say a prayer with me, friend. A, friend, a, a, a prayer that I said many years ago, and my life's never been the, ch- the same. God changed it and made it good for good and, and the purpose that he had set for me. Church, will you say this as a prayer? 
God, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Help me live my life your way and not mine. Holy Spirit, please guide me as to fulfill all God's purposes for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, um, will you stand? Nat, can you come up and... Can I invite you? One of the things that the Bible that I learned as a new Christian and an older Christian is that you've got to stop looking at people. people. Don't look for people to verify you. God has. God is for you, my friend. He is so for you. And, you know, we all mess up. We all do things, and uh, that's called sin. And we just said the sinner's prayer, basically saying, God, take it away. Help me guide you. We are, we are heading into a new year. New start. That's what I love about these messages. I want to give you an opportunity. And I'm going to do it this way because I want to be fair dinkum about how much you want God in your life this year. I'm going to ask you to come forward as we sing a song, uh, sing one of the songs and that. I want you to come forward and I'm going to pray for you because I really want God's best for you, church. And one way of getting that is just getting on, on the right foot for the year, getting back to church getting back to fellowship, getting back into midweek groups, getting to a place where people who love Jesus are going to help you walk through your life with God and pray for you. I don't know about you, I've had some terrible times over the last couple of years, but God is good and the people of God are great. You guys have been fantastic supporting us in lots of different ways. You've uh, helped us in uh, every practical way and I just want to say thank you. Because it's not over yet for us in some ways, but we're very uh, eagerly desiring our new grandchild. We're eagerly desiring what God's going to do this year. And I eagerly desire to see what God's going to do in your life. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.